We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, roll. If roll on, no, 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 no. <laughs> if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish, joined as always by the maybe jovial Rohan Kadi. I asked you before we started recording, Rohan, and I said, oh, we can save it for the pod. Well, first, how's it going? Are you jovial? I, I'd say I'd say I'm getting jovial. You're getting jovial? Yeah. I asked it's, you before the pod, are you in the Christmas spirit yet? You said... Maybe I asked because I got we got our Christmas tree in the Windish household today, so I'm I'm covered in pine sap and needles and everything. Oh, you do real tree? Uh, we got both. What we got? We got two not next to each other. So we got there's a front room tree and then there's a family room tree. Is that is that common? I don't know. Do you this always is, do two trees? Uh, no, this is first year doing it. We well we've been in apartments before. Now we're in a house, so I think there's more room. Mrs. Eurostep loves Christmas, so we're going all out. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I think I'm getting I'm getting there. It's been a busy few weeks for me, so I haven't yeah. had time to really get into the the Christmas spirit. But I, I, now that uh, things are starting to lighten up for me, I'm uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there for sure. We it's got a, it's a great time of the year. It is. We got a lot of compliments on the last pod about our uh, what sport could you do segment, which was good. So, real quick, what is your favorite like aspect of Christmas or just the holiday season? Ooh, let's see. Can be literally anything. Hmm. This is a tough question on the spot. I know. I I'd know. Say, I'd There's say so many directions the, to go. I'd say the collective good mood that everyone's. I agree. To be in. I, I think it's the spirit of the holidays. It really is. Like I feel like the older I get, the more I notice. Just like everyone, and especially especially in a four season state when it is going to get cold and snowy, having the Christmas season to look forward to and. All the special stuff that goes on, all the time off work is really nice. I mean, you know, obviously you don't get like – most people don't get summer breaks or whatever. But you, you get some time on the holidays. Yeah, I, I would – I think the vibes. The vibes are the best. Are you an eggnog guy? I was going to ask you that same question. I like it. I, like I do it. too. I don't go crazy. I do but I, Okay, so eggnogs together next little, time. Do you put a little something in there? Uh, see, I only have – I've probably had it that way once. So I need to dabble more in that. I, You know what I tried yesterday? 
Thank you, thank, you to, thank you to my girlfriend for this idea. It was a, there's like this chai cream liqueur uh-huh. that you can put, and you put that in eggnog. Oh, slaps. That sounds slaps. good. That Perfect sounds combo. quite good. I'll send you the link later. Yeah, I, I did White Russians, I think, a year ago or two years ago. And that was good, but I, I'm in the mood for an eggnog. I've also done Jingle Juice, which is more of just like a, a an altered juice mixture that's really good around the holidays. So, yeah. Anyway, the Milwaukee Bucks, they did win a game against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday night. We are recording on Sunday afternoon. The Bucks are 14-6, and six, technically in third place in the East, but I believe still tied in record with the second place Orlando Magic, who have the tiebreaker. Both teams one game behind the Celtics-ish. Um, so still, you know, Bucks are up one and a half games behind Boston, excuse me. Uh, so Bucks are near the top of the East, despite what's been a relatively uneven start. Uh, I shared the numbers on the X. Oh, I forgot. I said this in the Discord somewhere. Join gspn.discord to join. I'm I'm making a pledge. You can make it with me if you want. I'm not going to talk about discourse on Bucks Twitter anymore. I realize yeah, sure. I, I not like I talked about it all the time. Just like. It's kind of an assess pool, more than usual. So, but I shared this there. This is not related to the discourse. Uh, we're using the November three through now filter on the stats because that's when they started using drop coverage. They are twelve and four, second in the league since then. I think only the Timberwolves have a better record. One nineteen point four offensive rating is fifth. One fourteen point one defensive rating is twelfth. So they've been a uh, top fifteen defense since then. And the plus 5.2 net rating is eighth. So they've been – their record's better than their overall play. Part of that is because they're the best clutch team in the NBA. Uh, they got another clutch win against the Hawks or put a game away. That was in clutch time at one point. Uh, but they've just been playing very well, even as they deal with some injuries and learning the new scheme and everything else. So uh, the Bulls lost this week. I think we'll talk a little bit about was ugly. But overall, I feel like despite some shakiness – the level of play, I think, has actually been better than it's felt overall, at least according to those those numbers. What's your take on that? They're they're trending in the right direction is yeah. what I want to say about this team. Sure, you're going to have spots and areas and times where you're, you're not going to see like, oh, this is peak Milwaukee Bucks basketball. This is their highest potential. Take that Bulls loss uh, as the poster child for that thought. But you start to see the way that these guys are starting to play together. They're starting to mesh together. They're starting to like put on uh, like results. I know you and Jordan uh, talked about this on the on the post game pod after the Miami game. But just that last few minutes of Chris, Giannis, Dame just coalescing and that offense just humming. That's what you want to see. That's what this is for, is it not? Like you can, you, we can do like. Uh, this 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 minute analysis about like not minute analysis, but get into like the small details of this of this team in every single second of the game. But you also want to see like these greater themes start to come out. And the best theme that we've seen so far is that when these minutes matter, this Bucks team is clicking. This team, this Bucks team knows how to operate. Their their three best offensive players or four best offensive players, whatever you want to say about Brooke and Chris at this point, is. They they know how to get themselves going. They know when they need to produce. And that's that's the big takeaway because we've seen this team in years past just falter when it gets to like, okay, last few minutes of the game, can you string together at least like maybe two good offensive possessions in like a 10-minute span? Is that too much to ask for? 
Uh, apparently, like now you can do that two possessions in a row. That's crazy, right? What a crazy! Didn't know concept. that was allowed. I don't. I don't think it is. The Bucks might. Adam Silver might take away a pick for a little. No, well, make, make the trade first. We need that Portland first or second to make something happen. Take away the twenty nine one, I guess. Yeah, we please let us keep the Portland pick, but you're just starting to see this team come together in ways during times that actually really, really matter. And in this case, and early in the regular season, that's clutch time, right? Like that's that's the best that's the best time you can see a team on the highest level is clutch time in the early in the regular season. And this team is passing all of those tests. Yeah, I've seen some. I, I saw someone. I forget who it was. I apologize. Make the example of like, well, is it sustainable? what they're doing in the clutch and the shooting numbers may fall off a bit. I think Dame is still like 50, 50, a hundred or might've actually fallen off after that Bulls game. Although he didn't shoot a ton in the clutch, which was kind of the issue. Um, but that someone made a, a reference to like, apparently one of the Andrew Bogut Bucks teams had a great clutch, you know, numbers. And then it kind of fell apart in the playoffs. This is more sustainable because they have Dame and Giannis and Chris and Brooke. And, you know, you go on the list, like, it, like yeah, it's it is sustainable. No one can guard them, and I think even outside of just the clutch, you watch when the starters are out there. Of course, the big four are important. I think Beasley, you know, as the Kron says here, has settled in pretty nicely in a role with that unit as well. Overall, so in that same time span from November third to today, which is now a full month as of today, the Bucks starters have played ten games together. They're eight and two in those ten games. One hundred twenty three minutes, so a pretty decent sample. Net rating of 13.9, plus 13.9 with those five on. Not just in clutch, the whole games. And it goes up to plus 20 in the lineups when you take out Chris and put in Pat. So really, like those four players, Malik, plus Brooke, Giannis, and Dame, they are playing very well. And I think that's a great sign because you look at the rest of the team, the bench, you know, Bobby Portis is a staple. Campaign is a newer guy. And then it's really outside of those two, it's been the young wings because Counted in, twisted the ankle. Actually, I don't know if we've talked about that on the pod too much. Pat twisted his ankle, so uh, he's just been out. We don't know how long it will take. Hopefully not not too much longer. would be great to have him for the in-season tournament. And, of course, Crowder is still out, although we did get some info via Eric Name on an exclusive interview with Jay Crowder in The Athletic. I don't know if you saw that, Rohan. No. A quick – a quick. So he's doing on-court work already. Oh, I he's, did see that. he's done a couple of on-court work sessions. He says he feels good. It sounded like the the core, the abdominal issue was kind of nagging on him throughout like the preseason and even before the year. But he really wanted to fight through it and start strong after the way he ended last season. But then he felt something in that game. He exited, knew he had to get it done, but felt good about – he hopes to, expects to have like 50 games still when he gets back. So that would put him about – 10 or so games away, which is kind of what we expected about a month from now. Uh, but it sounds like everything's going well for Crowder, which is great news. But without Crowder and Cotterton, the bench wings are just very young. And then you're, you know, a bad Bobby and Cam game away from really not having much production off the bench at all. I think that has hurt them as much as anything, even though late, they just kind of melted down late against Chicago. That was unfortunate. It was a very weird game. And- Unfortunate's one way to put it, Ty. I was disgusting. Oh, yeah, it was disgusting. It was bad. It was really yeah. bad. Like you're you're down. Uh, what was it? Demar Levine and who else? Someone else was out. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else important. Lonzo, yeah, but like, yeah, I guess. But he's he's been out. But yeah, yeah Demar Levine are just always out, or were out for this game. And those are your two most important players. If you're the Chicago Bulls, so that that loss is just kind of kind of terrible and bad. But. 
it is what it is. I remember I put the I put the bell ringing shame gif on the on the stock tweet. Yeah, because that's I was just I was upset about it. Sorry, I, I was I was a little angry. I had to get that. Oh, no, you're fine. I did notice the Bulls actually without Levine had another 30 assist game and beat another pretty good team, which is kind of hilarious. I'm not saying the Bucks loss wasn't bad. I agree it was. Uh, the Pelicans, they had uh, DeMar came back and had 10 assists. Kobe White had 31, 9, and 6. So at least it wasn't just the Bucks they played well against. I would expect they'll be worse without Levine, although they have not been so far. Uh, they are probably pretty ready to pull that trigger on that trade right about now. But yeah, that was just an ugly game where I think they just kind of fell apart. And again, I think late game, the starters weren't good. That was probably the only time we've seen the starters not play well late. So maybe something was just due it felt like Dame just didn't shoot enough. I think he was making some of the right reads. They also just kept turning the ball over, which was frustrating. And, I mean, Chicago made some pretty ridiculous shots late. But still, you shouldn't lose to that team. I'm not pushing back on that at all. Um, but outside of that game, I think the starters have played very well over the last couple of weeks. And I was looking at the plus minuses from, like, the last two weeks of the net ratings. And it's literally like, oh, the starters, they're, like, plus 10. And then the bench guys, they're kind of getting killed in their minutes. So it was nice to see against the Hawks, Bobby Portis and Campaign both have big games. Because frankly, it's great that we've seen about the starters. I think we've learned a lot. Maybe not in the playoffs, but over these next few weeks as these other wings get healthy and before the trade deadline, those guys just have to play better more consistently. I mean, I think Bobby had four or less points on two straight games despite taking eight shots in each game on the two games before that. Like, they just can't afford that right now. Here's a, here's a stat about Bobby. He's played 20 games so far, right? Yeah. Played every game for the Bucs. In his first 14 games, he scored less than double-digit points one time. In the pr- last six games, he's done that four four times out of six games. And those have been some of the hardest games for Milwaukee just because, you know, as Pat wasn't shooting well, he still gets you near 10 points. And, and he's a guy, like, if he knows he's needed to shoot more, he will. He's a little scalable. Whereas now, if Cam is having a bad game, which some of those coincided with Bobby's, Bobby isn't scoring, then it's like Andre Jackson, six points on two ridiculous threes, right? Like Marjan, whatever he's going to have. Marjan is not in the midst of a great run of play. Can't can't say that he is. He's at the stage where he's also posting on Instagram about fouls. Oh, no, I didn't see this. Yeah. I mean, lately my experience with him has been like, the uh, the Billy Bean meme of like, hey, Billy, this is Marjan Beauchamp. He's a phenomenal athlete who shoots the ball well, but he cannot handle it whatsoever. I mean, he's just losing the ball. He's missing layups. I, I just – I don't really understand what's been going on with large Marge recently. Yeah, Bo Clamps has been uh, – he's been, he's been struggling a little bit, but like he- – you still you don't want to give up on him. Obviously. No, 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 and I'm not no. saying that. Uh, no, I, I just say that because we yeah. we want to make it clear that we're not like being super real. Like, oh my goodness, Marjan's out of the rotation. No, I'm like, no, that's just not. It's just he's still a guy who needs to clean some stuff up. He's a second year player. Yeah, um, he may end up running out of it when the team gets healthier, but that's just kind of a consequence of having a, a hopefully deep enough team. Uh, Andre Jackson also missed the Hawks game with some back tightness. He left the game against the Bulls. He was getting more burn. I think he actually came into the Bulls game before uh, Marjan did. It'll be interesting to see how long he's out. He was questionable going into that Hawks game. We have not seen an injury report and will not see one until Tuesday or until Monday for the in-season tournament game. 
uh, which we'll talk a little bit more about the in-season tournament later. Um, but yeah, the the young wing thing has been probably what we expected, pretty up and down. I would say, though, unfortunately, more down than up over the last 10 games. I think the first 10 games were more exciting. Um, I feel okay about my Ajax on the same level or higher than Marjan Tate coming in. And I'm still, I feel like I'm nitpicky with him. I think maybe he's my son and we're like, I really want what's best for him. I'm kind of hard on him. Uh, but the side, I think overall he's been pretty good. It, we have to just have to see though, like I think the injury to Marjan really knocked off his rhythm. Hopefully the same doesn't Ajax. happen to Ajax. No, the injury to, oh, oh, to Marjan, yeah, his ankle yeah. knocked off his rhythm. I'm worried the same hoping doesn't happen to Ajax coming back from this back thing. Yeah, hopefully not. I think Adrian Griffin kind of said it's like a it comes and goes sort of thing yeah. with Ajax. Like with the back spasms, which is just tough. Yeah. Uh, kind of in the name, though, spasms. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, with Marjan, it's it's just more of like, a, can you set yourself up in the right opportunities? Because in, the, in, the, um, in his first stint, uh, before the injury, we just saw him being able to find his spots. He was getting shots up. He was getting like, I'm, I'm looking through his box scores right now. He's getting out multiple shots a game, and then when you get in like pre post injury, excuse me, you have two games where he's just not even attempting a shot. I mean, less than ten minutes, or, or yeah, he he did that one time, didn't attempt a three two times. Like it's just it's it's a bunch of games where he's just being too indecisive, and that's one thing I really liked about Marjan in his first few games this season before the injury, is that he was getting to his spots, he was finding his own shot at times, like he was playing confidently. But then after the injury, I think it was more of like a he doesn't trust his ankle sort of thing or who knows what it may be. But it was he looked a little bit like look, rookie year Marjan where he's like, oh, no, I don't know what to do out here. Look like a look like a you ready for this tie? Look like a deer in headlights. Boom. Nice. Nice. Probably don't use that honestly as much as we could. We don't. We don't. So I don't, I don't feel it. bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what Dame's like, shooting over the last two weeks? We're just um, bouncing around everywhere. <laughs> Shooting what, like what? Just overall field goal percentage? Uh, just splits, yeah. Uh, let's say I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not cheating. Good. Let's say fifty-four percent from the field, forty-two percent from three, eighty-nine percent from free throw. You just a scotch high in the first two: forty-seven from the field, thirty-seven from three, and then ninety from free throw, uh, okay. while scoring twenty-six, eight assists, five rebounds. It's the three pointers are slowly ticking up, which has been nice to see. I know there was, you know, a sink, still a little concern. In the, I saw Numak in the Discord actually say, oh, I'm worried about Dame's efficiency. I just continue to not be. I, I just think he's awesome and it shines through a lot. There's been a couple of duds still, but he's starting to get rolling and he's also taking nearly eight threes a game on that percentage, which, funny enough, in this span, Beasley is actually only 0.1 threes behind Dame. Dame's taken a lot of twos, which I think has been good. I think he's got a really healthy shot diet. B's in the last two weeks, 46, 43 from deep, 100 from three free throw, although he has not gotten there very often. Chris Middleton still kind of shooting the three a little bit colder. But what, what stands out to you about just the starters, the bench? I mean, we can, you know, we're really, this is a check-in on the Bucks before we get embarked on some in-season tournament, knockout stage basketball. You know, what have you been thinking about with the team? I've been sort of seeing, like, let's talk about Dame first and yeah. foremost. Uh, 
Damian Lillard, like you mentioned, that three ball starting to come back. It's one reason I wasn't too concerned with his early season shooting struggles. It's like this is one of the greatest shooters to ever play the game of basketball. I'm not going to be too concerned over uh, a slow start to the season for a new team, new city, new franchise uh, in a month where he typically uh, struggles in his career. So it's it's good to see that three-point percentage start to tick up. And he's bombing away. If you look at that that Hawks game, it, it was a little fun seeing the little Dame-Trey interplay where it's just like, okay, Dame's going to be like, okay, I'll just stroll in a little bit past half court, halfway between half court and the three-point line. Yeah, I'll just pull up. Sure, why not? And and Lisa on the broadcast was like, yeah, only Dame can do that. And yeah. then it, it's funny, you come the next possession down, I think, and Trey Young just pulls in a little de- – uh, like a little shorter than that, it's like okay, here All we go. Right. Yeah, but it, it's good to see Dame start to get uh, going behind the three point line a little bit more. It also helps that he's getting a lot more open shots on screens now. Yeah, because you have uh, you have Brooks setting uh, his traditional hard screens, and you have Giannis yep. creating separation on screens now, which I think is one of the biggest takeaways from this last week. Is that yeah, Giannis can Giannis learned how to happy learned how to putt. Sort of <laughs> That's a. I, I've never seen that movie. I don't know. Oh, you movie. should. What movie is it? That's Happy Gilmore. Oh, Adam Sandler. That makes yeah. Sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think you'd like it. Okay, okay. I'll have to check it out. But I know the I know the reference. Which yeah, is yeah. The, the good thing. But yeah, you just you you're starting to see Dame get more comfortable from beyond the three point line, which just opens up the rest of his game tremendously. We saw in the first part of the season, like yeah. We might have undervalued his his uh, inside the arc. Definitely play. did. And just being able to do that while having your three point shooting gravity is just unfair as a point guard. And that's why he's the top seventy five guy all the time. Like he, he's showing, like yeah, he's one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, he is. Um, it's been super fun to watch. I watched. Isn't it cool that Damian Lillard? Yeah, I was just guys? gonna say. So at the Bulls game, I was out and about and caught like half of it with some friends. And it was just like, I was just sitting there, I was like, this is great, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is awesome. It's really fun watching Dave on the Bucks. I'm like, I need to watch basketball with more real-life people. This this is great. It's like, oh, that sucks that Bulls scored a bunch, but at least we got to watch Dame play for the Bucks again. Um, yeah, it's it, it has not gotten nearly old for me. I don't think it ever will as long as uh, he's on the team. Uh, I agree with everything you said, though. It's – I. I've never really been concerned about it. I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to find the the rhythm. And when the games really matter, he's been steadily efficient from three. He's get, got to the rim. His passing's been really good for the most part. Um, it's just been a joy. I think he and Giannis are still figuring out the exact balance, which is to be expected. I think it's it's taken a little longer than I expected, but we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. That being said, they're still awesome even as they figure it out, right? Like I think the first couple of games were the most rough, but now there's still some moments where you're like, oh, that's a little bit of a little bit too much, maybe hesitation or deferring to each other. But when they're in actions together, or even not, like against the Heat game, one of the fascinating things was Giannis drawing up like Dame Chris Brooks stuff and then pulling Bam. Across the floor, the old Kawhi isolation thing yep. teams would do against the Spurs when they had prime Kawhi of just like put your best player away from the action so he can't wreck it. Giannis doing that, I was like, oh, that's a really fun wrinkle. Like the the Bucks have gotten uh, dinged by some national analysts for not running enough Dame Giannis pick and roll. I still think they could run more. I mean, the number I put out there was twenty. Some games are pretty close to that. Some games it's maybe like half that. But one. They do a lot of non-pick-and-roll stuff with Damon Giannis. Two, the Dame Brook pick-and-roll is awesome and will always be important for them as you stagger minutes and everything. And Brook is just a better screen setter and roller. Giannis is getting there. Brook's amazing at it, though. And I think we saw a fun wrinkle against Atlanta. It was like Bobby thriving in the dunker spot on those possessions with Giannis out. And that was how we get a lot of his points in the early going, which was nice. And three, there's just a lot of great players on the team. Obviously, there's two that are greater but like we've seen some really fun Dame Chris stuff. We've seen obviously Chris Giannis is a staple. Brooke has been involved. So I don't hate at all that they are not spamming that action. I think they could certainly do it a bit more. But I am personally a big fan of not, um, not going to the well too many times. And we got a really cool quote post-Atlanta game from Dame. That I will read real, and then I know I talked a lot. I'll let you respond to all of this. Um, I think that's more sustainable when it's collective. Lillard said of six different Bucks scoring in the final five minutes. Obviously, teams are going to look at who they expect to have the ball in those situations, and they're going to try to make it difficult. And with us knowing that, we got to be willing to trust to make the next play. The more we do that, the more guys will be in situations where we need them to make a big shot, or to make a free throw, or finish a high-low pass, or whatever, and the better we'll be. From Dame, courtesy of Eric Name of the Athletic. Um, yeah, I think sometimes Dame could still stand to be a little more selfish, but also I, I just really like the idea of a more balanced offense. But what's your kind of thought on all of this Dame Giannis pick and roll conversation? One, I think it's it's important, like you pointed out, to say that yeah, maybe uh, some pick and rolls might be more efficient, like a, like a Dame Brooke pick and roll because of the screening ability. Even though, like I mentioned earlier, Giannis is starting to get better at screening. Because uh, he has to. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on, please, Giannis. Uh, I, I I would say it's in a true pick and roll sense. Brooks probably a better roller too. But when oh, absolutely. If, if, but if Dame gets trapped and Giannis has a, if Giannis sees the rim at all, he's just going to get there. But uh, anyway, go on. Yeah, it's 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 just trouble no matter what. But it it's it's more of like an egalitarian offense that we had actually talked about preseason, where it's like 
I think we compared it to like a baby version. It could be a baby version of the 2014 Spurs where it's like, you're not going to reach that level, but do you have the pieces to make it happen? Yeah. But that's what you want to see. We, we've seen time and time again. You just, okay, it's cl- it's crunch time. It's an important possession. You need to score on offense. Okay, Giannis, Chris, you have the ball. You go do your thing. Uh, everyone else is going to stand around and um, defenses are going to load up. Let's hope these other guys make some shots if we need to pass out of it instead of getting everyone involved. And that didn't lead to the highest. I mean, obviously, besides the title, which is it's, it's a big like it, but but <laughs> like, you know, hey, they won a title. But but what I'm trying to say is like in, in years where they've come up short, that's what's really failed them. The year they won the title, that was humming, that was clicking. But when they didn't win the title, it's because their offense let them down. And you you can't you can't like the takeaway from those type of those type of losses can't be, oh yeah, we just need to upgrade the way that these these same plays are run. No, you upgrade the players, but you also change up the way things operate. You run a more egalitarian offense, like I mentioned. And that's what Dane is trying to say. You get everyone else involved. Defenses don't know how to react they can't load up against every single person because every if every single person is involved and is a threat you can't like you can't like double one person because then you're like oh man this guy knows what he's doing too i can't just leave him wide open oh no i can't leave chris i can't leave brooke i can't leave dame i can't leave Giannis. like you can't leave these guys open so you just have to get everyone involved and that allows you to really open up your offense so yeah would it be nice to see more dame Giannis pick and roll Absolutely. It should be the best scoring play in basketball. Do you need to see more Damianis pick and roll at like an insanely high volume? No. And I'd rather them not do it enough what, oh, early. What, what, what about uh, what about a Giannis Dame pick and roll too? That's been pretty effective. I, I, I don't have the numbers pulled up for that. But. I have some interesting – I don't have the plays. I, you need like synergy access for that. But I, I do have some interesting pick and roll numbers to go through here in a second. Also, I, I, if I had to pick one – over relying or under relying on it at this point in the year, I would rather under rely and find out more stuff because I just think it's more important. Um, the Bucks have a hundredth percentile pick and roll ball handler this year. I'm gonna have you guess who it is. Um, it's Cameron Payne. No, 80, 81st percentile. Easily. Uh, nope, 60th percentile. Not great for bees so far. Hundredth percentile. Am I missing someone obvious? Is he no, honest? it's not obvious. It's Pat Connaughton. Oh, of course. Pat Connaughton, who is averaging 0.6 possessions per game, which I think in 18 games is – I can't do math. But that's not very many possessions. 12 possessions maybe. Um, 1.6 points per uh, possession when Pat runs a, uh, a pick and roll, which is 100th percentile. Dame is 87th percentile on running pick and roll. He generates 1.08 points per possession. Giannis though. 1.24 as the ball handler. And this has been – this has gone back a number of years now actually. They don't do it much. But the Giannis Brook pick and roll has actually usually been really good. It's just hard to stop that much mass at the rim. I kind of think weirdly it's the same principle as the tush push. And just like our dudes are bigger. And it just wins. Like it wins over time. It's the, there's it's just a simple like fact of physics. That is 96.7th percentile for Giannis. He's running about four pick and rolls per game as the ball handler, but that's really interesting. Uh, Dame's been obviously very good as well and does it way, way more. Campaign 81st percentile is fun. 
uh, 1.03. That's been nice to see. He's been up and down, but overall is working out. Chris has actually started really poorly on pick and rolls for the efficiency. I wonder how much of that is just his three isn't falling. I don't even think it's it's not even I, I don't even know if it's that because he hasn't like taken a, a ton of yeah, threes. Yeah, really. pretty low. Well, it's a, a decent amount. Let's see. What's he? What's he? He's taken. Uh, oh wait, I probably I can probably look at it right here, can I? Let's see. He's he's attempting three point eight threes per game this year, which is the lowest he's done since twenty sixteen seventeen. He is he's turned it over a fair bit, but not a ton. He's not drawn free throws. Giannis draws a ton of free throws doing this. Um, but, yeah, he's shooting less than 37% of pick-and-roll shots. And I, sh- I should have used per 36 because uh, it's the minutes. But he's shooting 6.6 threes per 36 minutes, which is the lowest since 2020-2021. Hmm. Which was the f- – wait, what year was that? Championship. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then on the rolling side, Brooke and Giannis are actually virtually tied. Uh, they're both high, mid, mid to high 60s percentile. Brooke scores 1.25 points per possession on the roll. Giannis, 1.23. I would bet Giannis has crept up too because I think he's gotten better and still has room to improve. But And Bobby's been horrible. 0.83 points per possession rolling, ninth percentile. Just stop. Up and down year for Bob. Not been great to see. Big that. Bob has been has been everywhere. Yeah. Up, down, left, right, on the moon, shooting through a triangle hoop there. On something else, you know. Lethal shooter on the ass. Yep. Lethal shooter. I forgot about lethal shooting. I'm playing the new 2K, and I have to go shoot with him. Are you serious? Yeah, he's in the game. Oh, my God. But it's like it's actually kind of boring. Like you just literally shoot open jumpers on a court. It's like how you pick out your hot zone in this oh, game. Okay. But I'm like, why is the basket not on fire? Where are the nails? Why am I not underwater? It's not a very realistic experience. I will say that. Why am I not upside down? Why am I not <laughs> shooting with my feet? <laughs> why am I not doing a handstand and shooting a basketball? Like you know that halftime show where that that oh, there's yeah. that that gymnast that'll shoot an arrow with their feet. Yep. Uh, why aren't you doing that with a basketball court underwater? That's a good question. Bobby yep. is shooting 29.4% from deep, which is not ideal. It's not ideal. You know what else is an ideal tie? Giannis yeah. Airballs. Those have been the worst they've ever been recently. His, uh, I was looking that up too because it felt like he had a – this how he always gets me. He has a couple good three-point shooting games. For the season, it's just under 23%. And then for the last two weeks, it was like 12%. So bad, it's bad, bad, bad run really on bad. the honest threes. The minis it's look just, pretty good. The minis look good. Just the air balls, like the one against the Bulls, might have been the worst shot I've ever seen. When was it? It was. It was sort of. I think it was first half. Okay, I might have I, missed I it. I, I, yeah, but it was like it wasn't even close to hitting the basket. It was like three feet left. Oh, was that the one that it actually got saved? Maybe it's not good if you if you shoot a three. And you airball it, and it's able to land in bounds, and someone can grab it. It's not good. That's not, not good that's not a good launch angle. No, it was it was one of the worst shots I've ever seen. That's not great. Yeah, and then he had a bad one against the Hawks. But you know what? It's okay because he's he's been he's been balling out. He had a thirty point triple double. It's fine. It's kind of wild. The Bucks are still sitting here with a thirty seven percent 
uh, rate from three because a lot of their shooters have not shot well on, in overall this season. The, the guys who have shot well are, are Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, campaign, boss man, unfortunately, is hurt. Marjan like is the next. Andre Jackson, but he just says no attempts. It's I, – I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I don't think I mentioned this on the pod, but that Andre Jackson shot where he banked in a three, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? He meant to I, do what, that. What game was that? Was that against the Heat? I think it was against the Heat. Yeah, that was Heat. That was Heat. Uh, bro, his feet were like – one of them was in front of the other. As he, he didn't want to – like you could tell they made him shoot. Those were not like in. He's just like I. I got to. They told me I have to. I think one. He moved his right foot in front of his left and then shot it. Like maybe he should shoot all of them that way. They're in a line. It was like I was like, what is yeah, happening? Maybe like, that's, that's how he that's, aims. That is the and then the other three he hit in that game. His feet were at a completely different spots, and I'm like, this is bad process, good results. But like, yeah, that is an ugly shooting form. It's better than what it was in college. Well, I, I think those were some of the worst examples. I think when he sets in the corner, he's he's got a, he's he's built it up a lot. Yeah. When, when there's any variable that changes, it gets ugly again. Yeah. He, just that that three that got if the backboard wasn't there, that <laughs> shot would have gone into the crowd. Yeah. Oh, easily. Easily. That was a trebuchet. <laughs> the the bank saved him. He's Literally. well. That that's that's kind of. The next step for him now that he's cleaned up the form a little bit is just consistency. And shooting inside the arc. Yeah, just attempting it. Yeah, like literally shooting. Just, just shooting. do it once. He's so yeah. bouncy. Yeah, and it's like he'll, he'll always throw the pass. I know we're like all over the place, but that's like that's like Andre Jackson. Yeah, that's been his. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I actually think the offense could improve quite a bit if uh, – when hopefully some of these three point shooters get right, Brooke at thirty six is normal, but for the season, Dame and Chris both being within one, like both right around thirty three percent. Chris is thirty two eight, Dame is thirty three six. Like I'd have to hope those will tick up over time, and then Pat as well when he's able to get back, he's just under thirty four percent, which is pretty low. Bobby, who knows? And then AJ Green at thirty point eight percent. I actually want to talk about AJ Green. Let's do it. I liked the minutes against uh, Atlanta. Okay. He was defending Trey Young, and Trey got him pretty badly once. And there was a foul call I really didn't agree with. I thought it was a really pretty bad call. And AJ kind of went to the official and got the explanation afterward. And I have to imagine he's just like, dude, it's me against Trey Young. Can you just can you just give me a break? Can If I follow him, I follow him. Can you not give him his call when it's me? I'm doing everything I can. So that's what I would have said if I was AJ Green. I thought overall, though, he continues. He had a really nice um, pocket pass on the pick when he ran a pick and roll. The shots just continue to not fall. He is shooting 30.8%, which I just cannot imagine will hold. He's just too good of a shooter. He's in a pretty bad slump right now. He's still getting opportunities, mostly just because everyone else is out and there's really no choice. I just, I like most of what he does. I really think with him, if he gets back to like around 40% from three, like you can play him. You can play him. You can play him. It's just like the shot has been, it's been it's so just gotta go weird. down. It's been so weird because that's his biggest strength, right? Is his shot. Yeah. And I know he came on here and talked about how he's working on all of his other stuff too. But at the end of the day, his biggest, his biggest plus to this team is his shot. And when his shot's not going down, it's so tough. 
It's so tough, especially because we know how good of a shooter he is. Is this a bad slump? Yeah. Has it been like the length of the season so far? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Which is just not encouraging at all, especially when these guys are going to start to hopefully knock on wood, start getting healthier soon. And his role in the rotation, his opportunities are going to become more limited. You need to figure it out sooner or later if you want to have a chance of the rotation, man. Yeah. And to, you know, I don't want to dive into any serious trade stuff, at least before the ISD. But, um, you know, if they were going to look at a minimum guy who's a better fit, assuming the respective brothers on the team are just going to remain, despite maybe not playing a bunch, one more than the other, um, you know, AJ Green is, is going to be. Right, right now they need him because of injuries. If everyone gets back healthy, I, I think he's, you know, I'm sure he feels this pressure, which is probably tough and leading to a lot of this. But he has got to uh, can, to begin knocking down those threes at a much higher clip. Has he not missed a two yet? Has he taken a two? Oh no, he must have. So I'm I'm doing the math here. He is point two out of point three per game from two. So in 12 games, I'm not going to... He, he is three of four there on the season is. from two. Yeah. Which is so just so one. funny. It is very funny. Um, I looked this up. Who did I look up? Oh, yeah. How many how many twos? I don't know if you saw this in the Discord. How many twos has P.J. Tucker taken this year? It's like three or something. One. Right? He's one, one for one. He's taken one. Hey, they don't, they don't pay him to play offense, so... They don't pay him to play at all right now. No, they don't. I've seen what do you what do you think about PJ Tucker? I just said no trades. As a potential buyout candidate. That's the only way I would entertain it. Because at his salary number, like I'm not giving up Pat or Bobby. No. For no, a guy who it just would have won't. to be a buyout. It would have to be a buyout. It would have to be a buyout. I mean, ideally it's like if they open up a roster spot through something else. Again, if you're not gonna cut, you know, the other Lopez or the other Atetacumpo. Like I wouldn't even want to cut AJ Green or so, like to add PJ Tucker. Maybe that sounds crazy. I do worry about a guy that just won't do anything offensively, as we've talked about with Ajax, like making it much easier to play against this this team's offense. It's tough. It, it, it's just it's not like really you're not really adding a ton. Like as we talked about, I think part of the reason the starters work and they've been so good offensively in crunch time is like even if you want to prioritize. Somebody over, like, you know, ignore someone for Dame or Giannis. You don't feel good about leaving bees wide open. I mean, he's been a consistently very good shooter the whole year. And it, he has some really bad lapses, but he fights defensively. Like, I need to see boss man come back and play very, very well. Or a trade, probably, at this point, for me to unseat um, Beasley. Like, I don't think Andre Jackson has earned it. Certainly Marjon hasn't. Pat didn't. Like, you can't just take him out because you think someone would fit better if that someone isn't playing at a high level, especially with the success that unit is having. So, honestly, I think Beasley being such a factor offensively is really important to that unit, even if ideally, of course, as we've talked about, you'd love a defensive plus in there too. They have gotten some stops recently, occasionally. (laughs) <laughs> you saying that as a positive is really funny. I know. They've gotten some stops occasionally. 12th ranked defense over the last month. It's fine. Can we, before, it's... before we move to IST talk, I think we should just point out, because we haven't said this a bunch, offenses are just really good this year. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just up. Like, the numbers aren't the numbers they used to be. I, the Discord used to track, like, 
30-point quarters the Bucs give up. The average NBA team this season scores like nearly 29 points a quarter. Giving up 30 is very slight variance on an average offensive quarter. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like you see these two teams that are like in the Bucks and Hawks putting up like both like near 40-point quarters. And it's yeah. like, yeah, uh, that's kind of what's expected. It's like those are two above-average offenses. They're going to put up 40 in a quarter. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's just normal. Which is crazy. Like, this isn't the era where it's like, oh, yeah, 25 a quarter. That's what you would expect. No. Why would you expect 25? Unless unless you're the Pistons. Like, that's not. Pistons, what you're scoring. That's not what you're allowing either. Yeah. Oh, the Pistons Pistons are sad. Dude. They're so sad. I think, is it 17 or 18 straight losses now? It's it's one of the two. I can check really quickly. I mean, oofta. It is. 17. They had a better game with Boyan back, but they still lost. Yeah. They started the season 2 and 1, have been 0 and 17 since. Dude, imagine if the Bucks had traded the pick they needed to get Dame for Boyan Bogdanovich before last playoffs. They there was did you see the report that they turned two down two first round picks? It I might mean, have been a first and a swap. Maybe it was the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks would have put more than one if one on the table. Can you imagine though if they traded if they turned down that package that they got for Dame? <laughs> the Dame picks for Boyan Bogdanovich. Well, I think about too with Beal. All the Beal is like, is Beal going to play at all this year? Extended? Maybe not. His back thing is really it's sad. It's, it's scary. It's really it's really unfortunate. But like again, this close, the Bucks wanted him. He picked Phoenix. Like would have been no Dame. It was would have been over. Yeah, it's crazy thing how is, things work out. Yeah, the thing is, we wouldn't have known though. No. Well, no, in that t- yeah, true. Yeah. So in that timeline, we'd still be oblivious and happy. No, we wouldn't be happy. Imagine the defense is this bad, but you, your star point guard just doesn't play. We would not be happy in this oh, reality. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's it, true. We would be very, very unhappy. If it's just like, oh my God, Giannis' usage percentage is 50 and they're a 500 team? This sucks. Oh, maybe Giannis doesn't sign the extension. I, well... Let's 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 not let's. Not. We don't live in yeah, those realities. We, don't. we live in this reality where they they got Damian Lillard and Giannis signed the extension. Yes, and in this reality, where you can use promo code Eurostep to get up to a one hundred percent match on your first deposit, up to one hundred dollars at Sleeper, the best place to play daily fantasy. And as we do once a week here on the Eurostep, we're gonna walk through. Some of our picks from the last week or so. So I I went back a couple of games because I had a really fun winning slate I wanted to share. But Honest Rohan here, never told a lie, chopped down a cherry tree, has a six-part daily fantasy set of picks that did not work out. So you want to run us through this, Rohan? It was so close. It was so close, Ty. So like you mentioned, there were six parts to this. First, I, I, I we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Uh, my sleeper strategy is just put together for NBA. Wild, put together, man. <laughs> put together some crazy first quarter. Some first quarter. He's you know, cooking. My, my first quarter, like the the reason for that is, is like I do that for Bucks games because uh, oh. it, because then the rest of the game, it's like okay, cool. I'll just don't I'll have to do think this. about it. Yeah, I don't have to oh, think. Oh, that's it's nice. Like I like I like having the ability to do first quarter ones. Yeah. So it's like it's like sort of an instant gratification sort of thing, if you will. Uh, which in this case I did not. Yeah. Because for this first quarter one, I I started off real hot. I mean, wow. 
the the projection for Dame's first quarter assist was two point five. I went. I said more. I said more. And he ended with four. He had four assists. So I was right on that. Boom. Clint Capella. He's a smaller center against behemoths of the box in Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Projection of two and a half first quarter rebound. Choose lower. Boom. Only gets two. Also, these teams just didn't miss enough shots for him to get any rebounds, no. which helps too. Yeah. But the thing is, sometimes like the Bucks will, will take some deep shots and it'll be long rebounds to guards. So yeah, Trey Young projection of half a rebound in the first quarter, boom, gets one. Dude, Trey Young one rebound in the first quarter, living or dying on Trey Young grabbing a that is well, do you remember when he got it? No. If if that was one of the later ones, I would have just been so sick. Like, why the hell did I put the, and then he could say like, yes, I knew it. <laughs> Uh, but I think it was around the middle of the quarter. But okay. Chris Middleton, he's a guy, like like I mentioned, the behemoth Bucks, uh, Giannis and Brooke front line. You're not leaving a lot of rebounds for your guards or your wings. So Chris Middleton projected one and a half first quarter rebounds. Boom, go less. He gets one. I'm right. Giannis, against a team, he, he likes to exercise those demons. A small team, like Clint Capella, like I mentioned, starting center. Onyeka Akangwu. He always figures these guys out sooner or later. So I was like, yeah, Giannis is going to go ham, especially after that uh, that Bulls loss. He's going to go out there. Projected Projection of eight and a half points in the first quarter. I went more. Gets nine. I squeaked by. So I'm five for five yeah, so yeah, far. I mean, you got to be feeling so good watching these things roll. That's the best part about when you make the picks, you make the daily fantasy picks, you watch them versus the projections. Like, Oh, that one rolled in right away. This is going to be a good day. Yep. And Until then Malik Beasley. Oh. I've mentioned before. He usually gets a projection of two and a half first quarter points. I usually go over. Or yeah. I, I usually say he's going he's gonna to score more than that. I went with my guts. He didn't even attempt a three yeah. in the first quarter. Ended with zero points. Only took one shot. It was a two-pointer. So mm. it's not like I needed him to get a three. If he made two two-pointers, made yeah. a two in a tech. It's just you need to score more than two and a half points. Didn't score a Couldn't single do point. It. Couldn't do it. That's that's a tough I, I put I put three three dollars on that. I, I I might I might dabble in some more some more first quarter because you do make it I'm look t- fun. You're the one who told. You're the one who got me on the first quarter. Well, yeah, because I do the one. Well, I got you on this losing play as well. Because I love the Dame first quarter assists and B's first quarter points. Because Dame has before got out of his way to feed B's, but in that game, unfortunately, he did not. I was so close. I was cooking against Miami uh, going into this game. I had noticed a trend. Brooke Lopez has been passing more, but his projection is was just half an assist. He ends up with four, so blew that one out of the park. The sad truth of always selecting the opposing point guard to have more points. Kyle Lowry was projected at 10.5. He literally exactly doubled that. So I think, again, that was a first half or that I was good. Those, those top two, I think Brooke had a, an assist pretty early on, so I was like, oh, file that away. Uh, Dame, 32 points. Hey, listen, crucial in-season tournament game. We know he's given it his all. Or he ended with 32 his projection was 26 and a half, so I ended up beating that. And then Giannis nearly had a triple-double in this game. The projection, just four and a half assists. Actually, I oh, no, he had five. Never mind. He had five assists. I can't read. I need my, my cheaters. Um, but I figured Giannis would be passing a bit more against Miami because usually they defend him well. Honestly, he was scoring a bunch, so this one had me really concerned. But he ends up with exactly enough assists. 
to beat that projection of four and a half. So get in on the action with us. I will share on social or in the Discord, one or the other. I've got a really fun uh, set of picks cooked up for Packers Chiefs tonight as we record. So if you want to play Daily Fantasy, NFL, NBA, pretty much all sports in there, it is super fun. Download the Sleeper app and then use that promo code Eurostep to get a quick double on that first deposit. All right, Rohan. The in-season tournament, the Bucks went 4-0 in their seeding games to clinch the top you seed. Say, you could say they were undefeated, never lost. Never lost. They've never lost an in-season tournament game. Hopefully that continues. So a quick refresher for folks uh, on the format. So four teams from each conference make it. The first games are in home markets. So there, there's an extra Bucks game. I actually have heard in our Discord, gspn.info, again, to join. I've referenced it a lot in this podcast. It's a great place. Heard there's a lot of tickets available because this was not it's not season tickets or anything because the game wasn't on the schedule. So uh, it counts as one of the 82 regular season, as does the next round if the Bucks do make it there. But you can go watch in person if you want to see the first ever Bucks, or really the first ever. Uh, it'll be tied probably. No, it'll be the second ever. It'll be the Eastern second. Conference in season tournament game. Anyway, if you want to watch Bucks Knicks in Milwaukee because they are the first seed on Tuesday night. At 6.30 p.m. Central, if the Bucks beat the Knicks, they then play on Thursday, either at 4 p.m. Central or 8 p.m. Neither are really Crazy. ideal start times. Neither Crazy ideal. Crazy scheduling. No idea why it's a four-hour difference. 2 p.m. Um, start in Las Vegas. That is that is nuts. Um, yeah, I don't, don't love that. But we do want them to make it anyway. That will be on Thursday if they win. So it will be Tuesday, Thursday. And then we we figured out December 9th is Saturday, correct? Yes. So if they win, we figured that out. We're the first people that we we, out. we did the math. We Saturday. did the calculations on that. Breaking news, everyone: December 9th is a Saturday. This year, you're welcome. Not every year. It will be in yeah 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 this year. Yeah, don't try and figure out. You never know when the leap year is lurking. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you never know when the leap? I mean, offhand, not... offhand. Oh. I don't know when it's coming next. You don't know when the next leap year is? No. Why? You're so shocked at this. When's what the next leap year? four years. Well, when's the next one? Next year. Okay. It's every four years. Yeah, I don't keep track leap of Leap year, it. presidential election, summer Olympics don't are care. always the same year. I don't They're care. They're always the same year. It doesn't matter to me. What do you mean you don't know when a leap year is? I don't. I know that there's one every four years. I don't keep track of when it is. Now that I know it's presidential, I've not heard the presidential election thing. Now that I know that, I probably and will And summer remember. Olympics. I I do not keep in mind the Summer Olympics. Oh, now you know when it is. That's that's true. It's whenever a leap year is. You're, I I love that you're just like stunned. I don't know when the leap year is. Like it really it's affects crazy. my life. Like, like every February, do you just like, hey, is this when it? Is this yeah, when it? pretty much. You don't know what day of the week it is at any given time, but you know exactly when the next <laughs> leap year is. How does it help you if you don't know what day of the week it is, Rohan? Reprioritize. Yeah, you might have gotten me. There. <laughs> Like, you don't know what leap year it is? It's a Saturday afternoon and you don't know when the next – oh, wait. Uh, anyway, in-season tournament. So the Bucks play the Knicks Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. Central. Bucks win. They go to the semifinals, one game away from the championship. And, of course, if they win the semis, they go to the finals. Uh, they will play – even if they lose to the Knicks, they will play another game that week. So they would play whoever loses out of Pacers Celtics, I believe – the Bucks will be matched up against, uh, I think, probably on Friday, Thursday or Friday, some other time later that week. So even if they don't win against the Knicks, which we sure hope they do, 
they will still end up playing another game because these two games, Knicks and then the next one, are two of the 82. So they were scheduled out 80. They will play 82 regular season. If they go to the championship, they have an extra game that, like the play-in game, does not count toward anything except for winning the in-season tournament. So kind of weird, but don't really care. Very excited to watch. And I teased this a little earlier. Probably should have done this at the beginning of the pod. Kind of weird to do it now. But we will be covering the in-season tournament like it's playoffs. We will have preview pods and post-game pods for every, up to three, in-season tournament game. Because we've been saying we're excited about it. We are backing that up. We are walking the walk. That Which starts with tomorrow afternoon, there will be a Knicks-Bucks preview with some opposition intel up on this feed. And then after the game, we will record and then ditto for any other in-season tournament game. So very exciting to get a little spice in our lives in early to mid-December. What they call me. Um, a little bit of spice. <laughs> Your garam yeah. masala. <laughs> Mr. Garam masala. There you go. <laughs> That's a reference to a tweet, by the way. He's yeah. not. He's, don't cancel him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I got you back. Oh man. Oh man. I didn't even that that's that's me. I didn't even think about that implication. Whoops. (laughs) That's a tweet. That's a tweet I tweeted, okay? Yeah. There there is backstory to (laughs) that. Oh boy. Uh, let's move on swiftly. Uh but the the Bucks against the Knicks. Uh, yeah, no. talk about it a little bit here. What you, I know we'll do a we'll do a whole a deep dive. I think we're both doing Knicks previews as well. We but, are both doing Knicks previews. Um, I mean, I know Randall's playing better, so I think that's the big change probably for the Knicks at this point versus the last time. Randall was horrible in the last, but which was the first seeding game of the in season tournament. But still, I just think like the way they're built, the Bucks have such an advantage because they have a big, not very stretchy four and a not stretchy at all five. And we just know, like, when Giannis and Brooke can be comfortable in the paint, even with the guards giving up a lot, like, I'm sure Brunson will have a good game. I just think Milwaukee has a pretty big advantage there. They do. The The, the thing is with the Knicks, though, is they have that elite rim protection in Mitchell Robinson, um, who, by the way, just turns out is just a great human being. Do you see that story about Yeah, he's, he's got yeah. his college coach living with him after the coach's wife sadly passed away. Visited her every day in the Just great dude. And he uh, he wasn't even going to tell anyone. They somehow they found out from the coach. Yeah, and the coach I saw said it in an interview. Mitchell yeah. Robinson tweeted, uh, I think last night. And he was like, oh, I just didn't do it for social media. So it's cool people found out, but just wanted to support and love that family, which that is very very cool. Yeah, and not only yeah, not only a good person, but an elite elite rim protector. He's someone with real size. He's someone that kind of bothers Brooke Lopez more than any other center really in the league. Um, because he's just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm also seven one and with a massive wingspan and can uh, just move. Uh, so he's one guy that gives uh, gives Brooke a little bit of trouble. But yeah, I do like the matchup. I do think it'll be a little bit closer than people like to think. Uh, going back to that uh, group group play, this will be the second time the Bucks and Knicks play because they were in the same group. The Bucks won that in their first ever in season tournament game, and uh, even though they had a big lead, the Knicks almost came back. So it'll be a It'll be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it will come down to how the other Knicks shoot from deep. Jalen Brunson shooting a pretty insane 47% is actually his three-point percentage is higher than his field goal percentage, which you don't see that very often. 
Um, I think he's just going to have a good day pretty much no matter what. It's about not letting it be an absurd day and then really not letting too many other guys cook. Been kind of a weird year for the Knicks, to be honest. Like, did you see the thing where Josh Hart was kind of agitating about not playing as much and he played a bunch of minutes the very next game? Yeah, and then he scored like 15 points in three minutes or something. Yeah. They played Evan Fournier once for 15 and a half minutes and he was terrible. Kind of reminded everyone why he has not been playing at all. Uh, Deuce McBride has not been playing a ton and not shooting the ball very well. Josh Hart, until that explosion, hadn't been shooting very well. Quickly, numbers are are down. He's still scoring quite a bit, but his his shooting, his three point percentage, I should say, is a little bit down. Dante's knocking down the threes. That's of course. You know Dante's going to have a big game against the Bucks. I am a little worried about that. Yes, it's just going to happen. Dante, it's just like. He he's he's the guy who only like that's not to because I like him as a player. I, I know I had campaigned for him to maybe come back to Milwaukee this offseason. Yeah, but he he will he will do it against his former team. See, I thought I thought Randall had heated up more in the next last ten games, thirty percent from three. Also, RJ Barrett twenty five percent from three in that span. He's battled some injuries, but may have cooled off a, a little bit. Also, in the in the last ten, Jalen Brunson. 51-50-81 splits. So, yeah, he is going to be a problem. Hopefully, Andre Jackson is able to go because they could use as many different defensive options to throw at that guy as possible. Although, I will say, the campaign tries, man. He fights. He's just he little. He's just He's little. Just very, very small. Very small, dude. Hope maybe Andre Jackson will get some run in that game if he's back. But uh, we shall see. Like we mentioned, you and I will both be doing Knicks previews. So, um Maybe, let's talk about maybe Indiana, Boston. Yeah, I was going to say, who would you rather see? Indiana. <laughs> I I want more cracks at Boston. That's fair. There will be no Kristaps Porzingis in this game, as he is in Latvia, as he posted on his he posts on his Instagram story that he's in Latvia. What? Yeah, I I mean I know he's out for like a week with some another injury, but I didn't know he just went home. Yeah, that's odd. <laughs> it is odd. Well, maybe see uh, maybe he had something going on with the family. That's maybe, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, but then you see all these thoughts of people like, yep, guess he's guess he's out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess he's not gonna be playing for a little bit here. Um yeah. huh. it's, it looks very nice in Latvia though. Well, I'm it's sure very, it it's is. Very snowy. Oh. It's got like five it looks like Wisconsin in like mid February. Yeah. That's good. Sure, it's good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I like more cracks at the Celtics. I thought the Celtics probably played a B minus game and the Bucks played a D game. For most of the game last time, it would be fun to watch the matchup again. The game will be in – oh, no, it will be in Vegas. Though. Um, yeah. So it will be, be a neutral site game either unless, way. Unless the Pacers and Knicks win, then it will oh, be – Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then they, then they play. There's still another chance the Bucks and Celtics can play this week, just not in the in-season tournament. I wonder will they – I think the Bucks would probably have to go on the road if they lose, right? I think so. Because they obviously get a home game here. I think so. Although – it's possible, but if the weird. if the Celtics win, the Pacers also had a home game, so they could yeah, have a different know. amount of home games than road. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting for sure, unless they do. I don't, who cares? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I, I think it's exciting though. Either way, we get to see them play another good East team. I've seen some people kind of whine about either if they didn't make the tournament, having to play two good teams, or you know, if you make it, oh, you make your strength of schedule harder. I mean, they play eighty two. You're not going to make or miss the playoffs. This level of team is not going to – well, actually, the West teams, maybe they would. But the East teams probably not going to make or miss the playoffs based on one or two games. I like being able to see them play good teams. Even though the Bucs have not played their best ball and they're a little banged up, 
It's good measuring stick games. I thought that about the last Celtics game. If they play them again, I'll think the same about that. Same with the Pacers, who have cooled. They they did cool down a bit, and then Tyrese Halliburton sits against Miami, and they score 144 points with Jimmy Butler playing. TJ McConnell looked great in that game. Yeah, heat culture, baby. The grittiest, nastiest, um, most whatever. But then I most guess that's condition. the that, yeah. That's the uh, that's the fun part though of you know making it this far in the IST is that you get you're gonna get two fun Bucks games this week no matter what and hopefully we get three very competitive ones. Here's one more question for you: Who would you rather see in the championship from the West? It's an odd group. Lakers, Kings, not. Pelicans, Suns are the four who made it. I'm not really scared of any of those teams. No. Like, I mean, I mean I think, maybe, maybe the maybe the Suns. That's the most. That's that's the best Bucks matchup for sure. Not who that not who they match up with the best. Like that's the best. Oh, the finals is Katie and Booker versus Giannis and. And B and not Beal and Dame with all the history. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say Beasley. Like yeah, uh, yeah. Giannis and Booker gets Dude, the I don't know if Beasley. this is real. I saw they were hyping the um, a Pats game coming up, and they put Belichick versus a player as the two like faces of the game because the Pats roster is so mid. <laughs> imagine gonna put. Imagine being like. Oh, dude, Bill Belichick's coaching a Pats game. I got to tune into that. Are they going to put Ramondre Stevenson? <laughs> they might have to. Is John U. Smith? No, no, he's on the Falcons now. They don't even have him I anymore, think so. I think. I uh, don't know. That's, it was very, very funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Just Bill up there. Uh, but, I, but I think like the history the Bucks have with KD and obviously with the Suns and Booker, um, I think that would probably be – but if you play LeBron, that's always fun. And honestly, I, I like that matchup for Milwaukee. I don't. I don't hate any of these matchups for Milwaukee. I think you might want to say if you if you want to say like Bucks best chance maybe the Pelicans. Yeah, because those are, that's the worst team out of those four. Yeah, I don't, and they're, Lakers they're still are pretty up good. There. Lakers are up there. Yeah, I yeah, I don't fear the Pels at all. I just again, it's like Zion relying on paint pressure. I know he'll get there sometimes, but t- hey, by the way, Zion's been playing. Yeah, he's been playing. Yeah, hasn't been getting the, the rim. The rim frequency is a little down. People are a little I concerned. Know, that, was a, that was a point of contention between us this offseason. It is December third, and you are yeah. victory lapping, and it's and it's a fair victory lap given on his past seasons. But it just shows you how fraught that situation is. I think Kings is maybe the worst matchup. I think so too. They're too fast. Yeah, they're so fast and they're so small. Yeah, that's 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 the hardest to guard. Yeah, they're too fast. And I think I think the Kings I, are the worst match. I don't want them the most because I hate watching Sabonis play. Why do you hate watching? Because him? he is the worst kind of punk player, and that he is very aggressive and physical. He slams into guys all the time, tries to be as aggressive, and then on the other side, flops so hard. And that combination pisses me off. Honestly, even more than guys who are super aggressive to the point of it seeming dirty. If they're consistent with it, it's the mix-up of like, oh, you see him every play, slams into Brooks, slams into Giannis, everything else. A guy puts an arm on him and he goes flying. It's like, okay, I don't respect your game at all. Yeah, that's fair. That's valid. That's my. That's like probably my most random. He didn't even have like a – I think he got into it a little bit with the Bucks in a game last year. A game – remember the Bucks won that game in Sacramento. It was a big deal. But I came away from that game. I was like, I hate watching this guy play. 
I saw Draymond try to put him through the floor. I still felt bad, but I was like, hey, Draymond so shouldn't Dr- do that. But. You took Draymond's side? No, then? I didn't. But I was just like, well, at least it wasn't someone I actually liked that he did that to. Draymond and the Warriors are. The Warriors are. They are spiraling, baby. Can we have a Steph Curry, please? I actually, we don't need one. We have Damian Lillard. Just have both. I don't know if you'd want both. I'll take you, both. I'll take would both. Would you want both? Yeah, would you I would take both? both. Yeah, sure. I'll take both. Really? Yeah, of course. You think the offense is good now? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Come on. Who cares? Nothing fifth matters. Starter, fifth starter, Steph Curry. Anyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, outside of him. Anyone. Literally any any guys. Throw in whoever you want. Yeah. No, You let's. who would you... Let's say you trade your entire bench for Steph Curry. Then it's like a starting five of Dame, Steph, Giannis, Chris, Brooke. I think Chris. I think it has to be Chris, Bobby, and Pat probably for the salary. Oh, dang. We probably do need to hold Brooke in this. We, we, we really oh. need Brooke in this oh, scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, they are. I mean, Clay is a whole ugly, weird thing. It's like really glad they just keep signing Chris. And they just don't get in this situation with Chris. Uh, because this is sad and pretty ugly what's going on with Clay. Draymond's getting thrown out for five games. Feels like every week at this point. Uh, Steph trying his best. Mitten just got hurt, which is sad. Has struggled with that a lot. So not good over there. I think they're 10th or 11th right now, under 500. Yeah, it's just, it's it's not good. It's not good. Oh, CP is out too. Yeah. Apparently he doesn't like he doesn't like mitten. By the way, sorry. He likes young glove. No, yeah, <laughs> no. It's not how this works. <laughs> no, the only person who's gotten away with that is KD. And he didn't like even his... pick one. No, because his picked one didn't work. He just shook off the other ones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't like the in terms of like being able to shake off a nickname. Well, I think the problem with KD's nick. This is a good last topic. He had too many good ones so that none of them won, which almost happened to Giannis too. People really pushed alphabet soup for like years. But thankfully, I I think Giannis liking Greek Freak cemented it, but thankfully Greek Freak won out. Can I, can I, this might be a little controversial. Okay. I don't like A-Train that Marcus keeps pushing. Well, what is, who's that? What is that? Is that what he talks about Giannis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like that either. I don't like it either. That's bad. I'm sorry, Marcus. Marcus is one miss. Everyone gets one. It's just I it's it, they both him and Lisa push it every game and I don't like it. I mean, I guess if it's like just the the specific physical action of him going to the rim and not an overall nickname, but it's still not necessary. Yeah, they'll be like, "Here comes the A train," and it's like, I don't know about that one. Yeah, don't love it. It's like a Tedakumpo starts with A, and like yeah, I, I get that, but I, just don't I get, like but that. it's like I just I don't know. We don't even have I'm a train. We don't really have a. I guess the Amtrak. But you don't want to compare Giannis to an Amtrak. No. Not in its current state. No, yeah, exactly. No. Maybe when that Green Bay expansion comes for the draft. Dude, I'm hoping, man. Is it not confirmed? I don't think anything is confirmed. I thought that was just like someone's good idea. Oh, man. If there's one that goes through the Fox Valley to Green Bay, I'm going to be living so large, dude. As a Fox Valley resident. Yeah, let me motor on up to a Packer game and I have to drive home. Let me just go to Milwaukee for a weekend at any point. And again, not have to bring a car. Be elite. Yeah. Let me just go to a herd game every now and then. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. good. That's going to happen anyway. I'm dragging you back up anyway. here. Yes. 
but it's Chris, just, it oh, makes it so much easier. Chris Livingston, her debut, a yeah. couple of games against the uh, Motor City Crews. That's some moments. Still uh, intriguing, even if I, he's still a year away. I'm, I'm clearly not going to get, unless things get really bad, knock on wood, uh, not going to get my wish of him getting too much regular burn at the NBA level. So I'm glad to see him play with the herd and get some more run in and still intrigued long term. He's the kind of player that they, they need, which is the case for Marjan and, and uh, Andre Jackson Jr. too. Andre Griffin Jackson. Agent. I know. I was like, we haven't talked about. I don't know if there's been too much talk about with Griffin, but we haven't really no, touched there, on him. There hasn't all. been a ton of talk with Griffin. I guess like the one thing you could say is like the foul up three against the Bulls. Yeah. So we can let. So the the. Do you remember exactly? It was if their back is to the basket within the three point line, they were going to foul. But yeah, if they catch with their back to the basket, foul. Within the three-pointer. Yeah, within so the that three was point. the issue is that they didn't specify outside, which is why Brooke didn't foul. Brooke and Bees both said after the game, oh, we probably should have fouled anyway. And then also they didn't want to foul within five seconds because of the fear of the shot is about to be going up anyway. And you don't want a shooting foul up three beyond the arc because that's how then you can end up. Obviously, you could lose the game on that or even if you know you foul and then they get three free throws. So – I don't think it was as cut and dry as maybe it seemed after the game. Crusoe also just hit an incredible shot because I didn't think – so the action where Chris was the one who I guess switched on to – or no, the Bees and Chris defending two guys. I thought – I think it was Chris called for a switch he shouldn't have on Caruso. Bees couldn't get over. And that's why Caruso was open. I thought just kind of a bad carried out defensive play as well. They just need to work. I think switching is probably what they're worst at defensively in terms of actually carrying out the scheme, not what's least effective. But yeah, yeah I'd agree. I'd agree with that. It's it's more of like a it's it's how you switch versus just switching in general. Yeah, that was just I, I think Chris called for it and he shouldn't have in that situation. But anyway, um, but I like that they had a follow up three plan. They and I think it missed the scenario. And then after the game, Griffin was basically like, "Yeah, I think next time we would follow Vucevic," and we added that now to the. I guess order of operations for how we know what to do, which is yeah. I haven't really heard. They learn, yeah. That's that's a good thing. I mean, you lose to Elmer Fudd and the Bulls, but it's just it's tough. <laughs> it's a learning experience. Dude, that that game, there were so many moments where it's just like, can we just keep Caruso? Can we just find a way? But also, you know what worried me though? Like three different times, I saw him on the ground holding a body part, and I was like, oh god! It's, every game, I'd be concerned about him being hurt. Yeah. Did Wes Matthews get a tribute video? People yelled at me about this. He should have. I don't know if he did. Someone who was at the game may have to confirm. Yeah, someone who was at the game, please confirm. Because I hope he did. He should have at least gotten a moment. Like, if they don't give him a full video, hopefully like they announced like it. A and people welcome clapped. back, Wes Matthews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. It was, it's one of the biggest like disappointments of this last year is that they couldn't win a ring for what? I know two two good shots, but neither neither actually not great shots. But yeah, also does bode well for this year because it's like the one year they took West. Yeah. I know that's why I'm kind of torn. I toyed around with the idea of bringing him back, but would you rather have West or PJ? Hmm. I think West. I would agree with West, although. Both have the same issue of just oldness. Old. Yeah, old. BMP old. old. Yeah. Which Even is actually not, happening not, to PJ. Yeah. It's actually, I was like, it's not happening to Wes. It's happening to PJ. No, Wes so, was hurt. Why, now he just got back, which has been an issue for him the last couple of years. Yeah. Which is why I lean Wes. 
Because it's like if he's available, he will play. Yeah. And he deserves to play. It's just an availability versus old thing. But I don't know. I don't know if either of those two will ever even have a chance. I just like reminiscing about the old days. I know. I do too. I think the thing with PJ, just as we as we went through all the guys who aren't shooting well, like Chris Giannis – or not Chris. Um, PJ, Giannis, Bobby all out there for probably one of them for like the whole game if you had all of them in the rotation. It's just a lot of non-shooting. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, 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 we have. Well, Bobby was shooting a little better in that run, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah, we've seen it. It just leads to a lot of clunky offense. Yeah. And you don't have PJ playing that elite level defense that he used to. I was, I was watching Tory Craig. I was like, hey there. How you doing? And the guy who didn't play is gone. I don't know if you yeah, heard. You can come back. Vet minimum, very easy to fit in. Hey, yeah. what's up, Tory Craig? Hey, Tory Craig, Tory Craig hit my line, you know? Yeah, HML. I just wish if Javon was a little bigger. I, he's not playing much. I think he's very available. But you got to give him a core too. piece for him. I'm glad he got his bag. But I said we wouldn't do trades, and here we are. Yeah. One more are. I want to throw at you. One more. Ooh. Not an in-depth trade. We're not doing LeBron full trades. LeBron James. No, that'd be fun. Get a buyout, LeBron. How do you feel about Davion Mitchell? Runs into the same issue with Javon a little bit. He's a little small. I think he's a little bigger, but I really I think he's a switchable think he's a guy. A little bigger, but also the offense has been real bad this year, and he just can't yeah. shoot threes. So it's like, I, if the guy can't shoot at all, I need him to probably be a legit one through three defender, not a point guard. Need him to be Kawhi Leonard in defense. No, but I need him to be at least Caruso. Yeah, or close to it, which I don't think Mitchell is. I think Caruso is big enough to. I mean, he guards wings. Like I, I don't know if Mitchell Davion can do the same. Maybe he can. I'm depends on the trade, but I'm probably out. I'm still a Matisse guy, as dirty as it makes me feel. You probably don't need a trade for him. Why? What does that mean? Might get cut. <laughs> oh, he just signed a three-year deal, I think. I know, but I'm saying he's that caliber of player. In he my is eyes. not. He is not. In my he shoots the three now. He's a great on-ball defender. The Trailblazers. So it's harder so, to shoot the three there. Why? Because their guards don't get on the basketball. They suck. They're terrible. Same with Malcolm I, Brogdon and, and Shaden Sharp. Malcolm, Malcolm's okay. Don't. Malcolm's okay. The rest of what them. What about Brogdon? Makes too much. He's like $20 million. And it gets like the same with like triple the Caruso injury concern. Yeah. I mean, if you got to give up Pat and Bobby to get him, and he might just not be there. That's You can't, you can't afford that. No, you can't. What was I going to say before I said that? Oh, the idea that like the bad the bad stats or good stats, bad team guys. I do not think it applies to efficiency at all. I think it's the opposite. I think just raw PPG is where that comes in. AKA, okay, fair enough. AKA, I see what you're doing, Alex Caruso. Or not Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma. What am I doing? Wrong, wrong old Laker. Yeah, wrong. Clearly time Laker. to wrap this up. I'm confusing yeah, Caruso and Kyle Kuzma. Did I mean I Kuzma the, this whole you, time? Who knows? Yeah, would you take Kyle Kuzma? It's the same issue. I mean, I, I'd take Kuzma. I'd take Kuzma on RP. Pat and Bobby? Makes too much, though. Makes too much. I think it's Pat and Bobby and maybe more. Okay, let me check. Let me check. As we wrap this Seven up here. Seven do trades. So here we are. It's my fault. Yeah, it's your fault, though. It's always my fault. My internet's being slow. <laughs> <laughs> People still listening are fine. They'll take what they can get at this point. Yep. Fans. Oh. <laughs> this is how you know we're at the end. Yep.
Okay, NBA trade machine. Okay. Oh, if anyone, uh, it's not going to be up. But Talk of the Tundra is going to be live on YouTube tonight. Just learn Ooh. that. Let's see. Who does he play for? The Wizards. The Zards. He makes 25.5. Oh, so Pat Bobby Marjan probably is what it would take, which is a lot. Let's see. Bobby. Pat. And Marjan. Let's see. Does this work? Uh, it can happen after January 15th. Yeah. I mean, that gives you a pretty crazy starting five. It does give you an insane starting five. Like, I don't think Chris it's... up to the three. Yeah. Or the two, excuse me. He yeah, that's a little, that's actually kind of concerning in some facets. Or do you have Kuzma be your super sub? Maybe. If you're trading away Pat and Bobby. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd like just a be Malik Crowder. Nine, six nine ball handler who can pull up. Yeah, got to find a center somewhere. I'm not ready for the did Robin really, Lopez experience. Did you really lose one? Well, that's where he's playing, Bobby, yeah. Big Bob, Big yeah, Bob. Big of course, he's a big center. He's big. Yeah, Big Bob. Okay, let's wrap this up. Yeah. So, uh, like you mentioned, uh, make sure you check out Talk of the Tundra after the fact because uh, the big, big game, big game in Lambeau. The hills of the hills of Green Bay. You see that? <laughs> see that? Uh, yeah, they put Travis Kelsey <laughs> on a big hill. Yeah, it's like, yep, you've clearly been to Green Bay before. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, big game for the Packers. I think according to playoff probability, if they win this game, it goes up to a sixty three percent chance. But if they lose, it's like twenty seven. Oh wow! I didn't know. Is that true? I thought they had a better shot. Regardless, that's surprising to me. I think they do have a better shot regard. I think it was just one model. It was the gotcha. ESPN's model, I think. Gotcha. But it's a big game. It's an important game um, for uh, for young Jordan Love. No Aaron Jones, I believe, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. So it's uh, it'll be a big game for sure. Can't wait to watch that. Make sure you hear Jordan and Newmock break down that game after the fact at Talk of the Tundra. Find all of our links to all of our podcasts at gspn.info. Like we mentioned, we'll have some sort of cross-post happening for uh, – for uh, Bucks Knicks preview for the in-season tournament. Look for that on our feed on Monday. Um, and also, like you said, we're going to have uh, a post-game pod for each in-season tournament game, starting with this Knicks game. Hopefully, not ending with this Knicks game yeah. on Tuesday. Fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed. We get more than one game out of this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll have you all covered for the IST. Can't wait to talk about that. Like we mentioned, check out everything at gspn.info. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this, whether it's your podcast platform of choice or you're watching on YouTube. Uh, leave a five-star rating or uh, leave a like, subscribe, engage in the comment section on YouTube. Uh, pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.